0: Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast, with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR and marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast. Today, my guest is Rue Davies, and she's the go-to coach in the UK if you want to find your passion, positivity, and purpose. And we're going to be talking about quite a few topics this morning, about confidence, about mindset, and Rue is really your your person that you need to go to if you want to build your confidence and make things happen. Thank you very much for joining me today, Rue. Thank you for having me. Um, before we go into... The topic today about confidence and mindset. Can you give me a little bit of background of how you got to where you are now?
1: Absolutely. So I've had um, a few squiggles in my career, which I think you'd expect when you are you're forty 43 and you have a family. Um, so I originally am a marketeer. So um, after uni, worked in corporate life. Um, so I had marketing director roles. And then after having children, I moved to marketing agency life. So absolutely love the marketing world. And um, I think like many of us, my my life, you know, I, I was in a good place. Um, you know, I had a young family. I had a job I enjoyed. Uh, and then often what happens, which is the trigger and catalyst for change in our life or in our business and our career, is there are, there's an external event that then triggers the, the change. And for me, that was... Um, losing my dad quite suddenly. And I that led me to really do quite a lot of work on myself and think about what do I really want? And that's where I found the coaching route. So I worked with an amazing coach. Um, and this was, I mean, this was seven years ago now and absolutely just fell in love with the process, realised what a game changer it was, realised I wish I'd worked with a coach before mm-hmm. I was in my 30s. And and yeah, that kind of rest is history, Um Trained as a coach, then went back to uni to to become a qualified behavioural change coach. And now I work with people ultimately to help them create change. And I wear lots of hats as a coach. So I work with people in leadership positions. I do a lot of work with people who run their own businesses, uh, especially female founders. Um, But I'm also a a strengths coach and a career coach. And ultimately, whatever hat I'm wearing, I'm helping people understand what's going on in their head, how they're holding themselves back and helping them formulate a plan and getting clarity
0: on how they can move forward. Fantastic. Thank you. Now, some of the clients that I work with, you know, that they're starting or scaling their product business and not just product businesses, but one of the one of the things that can make people feel stuck is that they don't have the confidence to move forward. What are the common causes of that? So
1: confidence is it's a huge topic. And there's lots of causes of why we can feel wobbly when we are starting out on a new business venture. Um, ultimately, it is because there is an element of uncertainty. So we are doing something that's taking us out of our comfort zone potentially, but also we're not sure how it's going to go. So we're in situations we've not been in before. There is always that kind of overarching fear of potential failure and things that going to plan. Um, So uh, there's a huge amount of triggers that are in play and all of those feed what I call our confidence gremlins, those little voices in our head that undermine and sabotage our progress and tell ourselves that we've we've bit enough more than we can chew, um, not qualified enough, not experienced enough, et cetera, et cetera. Confidence really does come from when we move out of our comfort zone and when we're not sure what's going to happen, it, it, it sets off our, our whole narrative and triggers in, inside our head. And, and we end up getting getting kind of stuck and getting stuck in our own, in our own way, getting in our own way. Do you think people fear success? Oh, that's such an interesting question. Um, I've never actually been asked that before. A common question I get is do people fear failure? Mm-hmm. Um do people fear success? That's a really interesting one. I'm not sure if people fear success. That when I work with people, it's often that they don't have that self belief that they can succeed. Mm-hmm. So they don't feel that they are they are worthy. And often, imposter syndrome and imposter thinking is a huge, huge element of that, which I essentially is not enough thinking. So not clever enough, not experienced enough, not well connected enough, not confident enough not technically capable enough, whatever it may be from stopping me moving forward. Um, so it's a really interesting one. I do think that um, success can scare people because success means doing things and growing and to yeah. reach your growth zone means you have to get out of your comfort zone. You know, you cannot grow um, and achieve and smash your goals when you are sitting in your comfort
0: zone. Absolutely. I think, you know, what doesn't stretch, what doesn't scare you if it doesn't scare you it doesn't stretch you i think there's an expression something like that and um what would you say then to help people with their confidence gremlins and to overcome that that you would suggest
1: so the first thing is to understand what confidence is and what confidence isn't so first of all confidence think of it like a muscle So it's, we need to use it. We need to practice using our confidence and building our confidence to to, to get stronger muscles. Okay. And now some people find it easier to use that confidence muscle. Some people may have more opportunities to use their confidence muscle, but know that we all have that muscle. It's just some of us enjoy flexing it or choosing Mm -hmm. to flexing it more. So kind of, first of all, confidence, our gremlins can tell us that confidence is something that pe- it's a lucky trait that some people are born with. And I'm just yeah. not a confident person. I hear that so much. Um, it can also be that I need to be an extrovert. I need to be loud. I need to be the loudest person in the room and really outspoken to be confident. Um, and I also need to have a have an element of um, arrogance about me to be confident. All of that is absolute tosh. Mm-hmm. Confidence, it's about how you shape confidence. Confidence means that you are Feeling able to do new things, believing in yourself, um, being in a position where you can find your voice and you can stretch to grow. So first of all, often this narrative that we tell ourselves about what confidence is can stop us even getting out the blocks because we don't believe that we possess it or we don't believe it's something that we can, can possess because we've been told by others maybe that you're not a very confident person. Um yeah. so, so first of all, checking in with yourself that you haven't got baggage in the form of self-limiting beliefs, yeah. and self-limiting beliefs are simply beliefs, but you hold them to be true. And by holding them to be true, so for example, I'm not qualified enough. I'm not experienced enough. I'm not clever enough. Um, by holding that belief to be true, it becomes self-limiting. So really do some work. We call it our noticing self, start noticing how you're talking to yourself and what's going on. Um, So first of all, kind of recognize what's feeding those gremlins and then start to challenge them. So remember that your confidence gremlins are coming out because you're in a place of uncertainty. You're not sure what's going to happen. They're coming out because they want you to stay in your comfort zone. So start to challenge them. Start to Your confidence gremlins are coming from an emotional place in your brain. Start to challenge them with rational, logical thinking. So you do that by finding evidence. You do that by lo- looking for, well, where have I succeeded? Where have I found my voice? Um, and start building up this bank of evidence. So you can, you can in a way, kind of just laugh at your gremlins. Go, I know why you're here because yeah. I'm doing something that feels really uncomfortable. Like, my, you know, I've got butterflies in my stomach and my legs are feeling wobbly. I know why you're here. But I can do this because I've been in this place before. So it's about really... Kind of changing that narrative in your mind so it's supportive rather than sabotaging.
0: And do you suggest affirmations to that you position yourself where you want to be? You know, so if say if someone is doing something and it's scaring the life out of them, but then they can say they can give themselves an affirmation or something like that that places them in I'm not explaining this very well, but that places them where they want to be. So maybe I know that you talked about noticing um and realising things that they are good at. But those things maybe that they've not achieved yet that are still scaring them, but to kind of put themselves in that position, even though it's in the future, as if they've already done it.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, a- affirmations is is kind of one term. I think everyone recognises, you know, the, the daily affirmations. And I'm absolutely a huge fan mm-hmm. of when you wake up, kind of sitting on the end of your bed and thinking, right, okay, um, who am I? What can I achieve today? What You know, what have I accomplished? And absolutely um but simply looking in the mirror and saying five times you will be successful you will be successful you should be successful it's so superficial and what i'm a huge fan of and as a behavioral change coach i'm a Mm -hmm. i help people create helpful self-talk so we're talking here about how we sabotage ourselves how we hold ourselves back and absolutely affirmations and that forms that self-belief and that visualization of what you want and that self-talk to be self-promoting and supportive. Um, And I I often talk about helpful versus unhelpful thinking rather than positive and negative, because that feeds into there's good and bad decisions, there's right or wrong decisions. And that's where we can fall into this horrible spiral of procrastination because i've got to make the right decision what's the right decision so if we can kind of move away from that and think about helpful and unhelpful so rather than kind of just sticking very kind of narrowly on on affirmations thinking about what's helpful self-talk so what's going to serve me well right now Mm -hmm.
0: Uh,
1: and so for example if you really want to um create an online business or launch a podcast um whatever it may be or create your own your own product range um actually think believe that you can to to start nurturing that self-belief that you can do that start thinking about how can I help myself what can I do right here right now what specific actions can I do right now that's going to help me reach that goal because often the fear comes from how huge yeah, that end goal is. Because success, mm-hmm. for example, if you you know, go back to your original question, people fear success. If success is to to build a million dollar, a million pound business, maybe to pay your mortgage off, um, whatever it may be, own a holiday home, you know, ha- have 50 employees, whatever success looks like, when you're starting off, my goodness. Yeah, yeah it's a mountain. It's a mountain. It's a huge mountain. Yeah. And... It, it's so overwhelming, so it's about bringing it right back down and saying, right, okay, so that's on the horizon. But if we focus on the horizon and we become really kind of obsessed on the horizon, then we, we trip over ourselves here because yeah, we, we don't, to, we don't we take to, the first step. Yeah, we don't take the first step and we trip ourselves up because we're we're looking so far on the horizon. Like if you were climbing an actual mountain in real life you would take your eyes off the peak of the mountain and focus on the climb right here, right now. What's going to help me get through this, over this stream without getting wet? What's going to help me kind of scrabble through this craggy part of the mountain? And that's exactly like our business challenges and our life challenges. Absolutely have that vision, but that can also sabotage our progress because it overwhelms us and it just feels so big and so daunting. And how will I ever get there? Um, so yeah, so absolutely the affirmations and the the helpful self talk, but try and keep try and keep it here and now. Try and stretch out of your comfort zone in a real realistic achievable way, mm-hmm. rather than trying to make huge jumps and strides to to, to, to big big areas of growth because that in itself becomes hugely
0: daunting. I know, and it's like success is small steps every day to get there, you know. And you mentioned procrastination there, and I know that a lot of people suffer from that, that they can feel, they just get stuck. What are the ways that you can suggest to kind of break through that that barrier of procrastination or break through that when you feel, oh my God, I can't, you know, you'll do everything. You'll start cleaning the kitchen sink. You'll start tidying the kids' rooms, whatever, you know, you do everything except sitting down and actually doing what you need to get done. What are the, what would you suggest when you're in that kind of mind uh, mindset or when, you've experienced that uh would you suggest to do
1: so ask yourself why and there are three main causes for when you start to procrastinate um fear perfectionism and a lack of self-worth so if we take all of those three so you think about perfectionism perfectionism is best friends with procrastination because often you want everything to be perfect before you start so, you know, I was working with a client recently who really wanted to start doing more reels, you know, the Instagram main channel for them, um, knew they had to go into reels, had done a reels workshop, just couldn't get there because it had to be perfect. It had to have amazing transitions. It had to have captions it had to have the best music. It had yeah. to have like 10,000 views and go viral for the first reel. Like, <laughs> whoa, you're never going to start. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so, so checking in, if there is, is there a streak of perfectionism and understanding that let, let's just lean in, let's just yeah. learn as I go. So, so understanding if, if that's what's holding you back. Second one is fear. And again, that links to what I was saying about fear of making the wrong decision. And when you can try and move away from there being a wrong and right decision, because yeah. you procrastinate because we don't want to get it wrong. Yeah. So then go actually, but ultimately then you don't make any decision. So it's about coming, okay, so right here, right now, I, I need to take some action today. I need to get moving. What can it be? So thinking again, avoiding the overwhelm, baby steps. But the third um, trigger can be that lack of self-worth, just believing that you're not good enough to do it, that you can't do it. Yeah. Um, and that's where that imposter syndrome comes in. And understanding what is it that is fueling your imposter thinking? What is it that you are, and you know, and there's there's five types of imposter syndrome um, that can hold us back. So there's five types of imposter syndrome and understanding and identifying what your inner imposter is can really help you start to tackle it. So the first one is perfectionism. We've talked about that. Yeah. Um, The next one is a natural genius. So the next one is where you believe that you should be able to pick up new things um, and adjust to new situations straight away. If not, you're not clever enough. You're stupid. And this is, you know, the reels, for example, perfectionism, but also I'm struggling to get started. I don't understand how to do captions, you know, and then you tell yourself, I'm no good at reels. I'm no good at this. I'm no good at social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have, and we all know that's crazy. Okay. Learning is, is, is lifelong. And when you're learning something new and something quite complex, it, you don't pick it up straight away. It's not the brain where the brain works. Yeah. The next one is superhero. So something that I work with a lot with female founders that wear a lot of hats. So the superhero is where you believe that you should, you can serve everybody. So you measure your worth and your value and how much you get done Right, okay. um, and classic is you will have a great day. You'll do 98% of the things that you wanted to do. And then you lie back in bed and think, oh my goodness, I forgot to get the turkey out of the freezer. Oh, I forgot to ring my mom, <laughs> you know? And that's what you focus off and that's what you beat yourself up on. Um, so understanding um, if that is your trigger for imposter thinking, the next one is the soloist. Um, and this can drive procrastination. So the soloist is where you believe that you, if you ask for help, it's your weak, you're failing so that's where you tend not to delegate not to outsource that then can bring a real sense of overload and overwhelm and then that's just where you cannot see the wood for the trees and that mm-hmm. leads to procrastination because there's just too much noise there's just too much going on and that's leading to procrastination because you really don't know which way to go and the final one is the expert So if you believe that you are not expert enough, so that can lead to real procrastination because you don't feel a little bit like the perfectionism one, but you don't feel clever enough, experienced enough, expertise, you know. So for example, I'm I'm working with a client who knew that they needed for for their business, blogging was so important, having a voice, being present, it would help their SEO, it would help them gain new connections, Um, it would give them great content for marketing but they had a real block because their inner imposter was the expert and it was saying who are you to write a blog who are you to share your thoughts and opinions who are you to comment um, and, and start a conversation in this space and recognizing that it's a spectrum right there's always going to be people who are more expert than you so I think procrastination is, first of all, recognizing you're doing it because we we don't always do. We tell ourselves, we make excuses for ourselves that we're too busy, um, whatever it may be. But if you recognize you're procrastinating. We we don't
0: have the time, even though we've spent an hour and a half on Instagram or watch a whole series of Netflix or whatever it might be. Absolutely. And so think about why.
1: Why are you procrastinating? Um, is it because you've just simply got too much going on in your head and you can't see the wood for the trees? Is it because you're waiting for the perfect time? Is it because you don't feel that you, are, you have enough skills yet, that you're expert enough? Um, what is it that's driving that procrastination? And then you can start to tackle it. So then you can start to really break it down and say, okay, so if it is that I am um, waiting for the perfect time, well, what can I do right now? You know, perfect doesn't exist. So what could I start to do? Uh, the expert one, for example, is it, would a workshop help? Would, would learning new skills or just diving in? I mean, when I'm working with a client who's procrastinating, the, 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 the one thing that we always do is we need to start taking action. So a procrastination is like you're in a holding pattern and you can stay in this holding pattern. And the problem is when you're in a holding pattern, you'll run out of fuel, you'll get really demotivated And you just end up not doing the thing that you want to do because we procrastinate over things that we want to do and that are really important to us. It's not just the stuff we don't want to do. So setting real, achievable, realistic goals and then accountability. So what are you going to do? What can you do today? And then making yourself accountable. And that includes... speaking out loud, telling somebody that you trust, that can be an accountability buddy, a coach, a friend, your husband, your sister, whoever it is, saying out loud, by the end of the day today, I'm going to have done X.
0: Yeah. And just having that, even if they're, you know, they're not, you're not reporting back to them, but you've just, you vocalized it and you've said it out loud, like you say.
1: Yeah. And in a way then the thinking, do I start? Should I start? Um, I was working with a client who had huge stock, huge stock, and she knew she had to clear that stock. Um, and we, we got a strategy for how she was going to clear the stock. Um, but that that's not a job you want to do, right? She's "No, the stock for a year. She's like, oh, I've got to do stock take. I've got to take pictures of everything. I've got to load up onto my website. So it was like, okay, we formed a plan that she bought into. And then it was literally the end of each day. Right, have you... Done, 100 pieces, 100 pieces, 100 pieces. And so you're not getting up anymore thinking, well, should I do that? No, between 9 and 11 every day, I am going to stock take 100 pieces. I'm going to take photographs of them and put them on the website.
0: And it's back to that break, you know, it's back to that. It might be a mountain, Mm. but it's each step of getting to the top of that mountain. So say if it was a 1,000 pieces that she'd put on, it's 100 units every day for 10 days between 9 and 11, you know, and it's a very actionable Mm. task it's not overfacing yeah. then as
1: well and the thing is is it momentum is a beautiful thing once you get moving mm-hmm. momentum builds um we are creatures of habits so we then get into the habit of waking up and right 9 to 11 this is what i do um uh, but also momentum can work in the opposite direction where we just get so used to not doing something we drive negative and helpful momentum so making sure again that it's helpful thinking helpful behavior Always be asking yourself what would serve me well to call yeah. yourself out with where you're holding yourself back because we we generally we get in our own way. The obstacles that we are facing are generally self-generated.
0: Absolutely, isn't it? I mean, we're. I think when people start blaming external factors, I mean, yes, okay, some things can happen, but it is your responsibility to make the change, make the choice, and. You know, I think until people fully own that, then, you know, they can't do anything. You know, if they get stuck. They can stay stuck because they'll blame other people or they'll blame situations, but they need to focus on themselves and they need to take the action or get the outsource, you know, outsource things to get the help, but they need to make those decisions.
1: Again, it's all about what will serve me well. And so if a supplier lets you down, okay, you can sit there and be angry, resent them, blame them. But ultimately, it's about, right, okay, what's going to serve me well right now? How can I? It's about all about resilience and and not letting setbacks set you back. And the more resilience you build, resilience and confidence are are, are really intertwined. Because as you become more resilient and realize that these setbacks that will happen in life and business and our careers, they don't have to totally knock you off, off course. You can learn, adapt, bounce back. And then that builds confidence. So once you can start on this journey of flexing this confidence muscle and, and learning ways to navigate obstacles and be resilient, it really is quite transformational because then that becomes your your default way of responding. Yeah. Uh, because we are creatures of habit and we, we think, you know, we, we think we get stuck in, in thought patterns. And if they're not helpful, first of all, it's calling that out, saying, actually, this, this really isn't helpful.
0: And moving yourself away from that situation or if there's people that are draining your energy or people that are, you know, making you feel less confident or they're saying things. So you don't need to be around those kind of people. Um, And just. Can I just say something on that point about
1: energy? Um, Really important. When I am talking to people and coaching people about founders fatigue, um, energy is the central theme. So energy is your most valuable resource in your business. You may think it's stock. You may think it's staff. You may think it's finances. It's energy. Because when you are energized, that means that you are being productive. You are engaged. You are performing. Now, obviously, that's a big, big positive impact on you and your business. Not only when you are de-energized, are you not in that zone and mode, it can actually start to have a negative impact on your business Mm -hmm. because you're not showing up. Uh, you're doing things like procrastinating, like setting, getting yourself. Um, so understanding your energy levels is so important. And I would encourage everybody to get into the habit of every day when they wake up, ask yourself, "How full is my tank?" On a scale of not to ten, where are yeah. my energy levels? Because as founders, we can be waking up and we are running on fumes. Okay, we're a not, we're a one out of ten. But we still expect ourselves to drive at top speed in the fast lane all day long. And then when when we can't or when things don't go to plan, we then tell ourselves that's because we're not clever enough. That's because we're we're failing. Can you see how crazy that is? Yeah. So if you can look for ways to energize yourself and absolutely self-care is part of that and taking a break. But what you've just talked about, about looking at what is draining your energy, toxicity, people, situations that aren't serving you well is absolutely a main culprit. So making sure that you are doing things that you enjoy in your business, that you are spending time with people you enjoy. And for example, if you are having to spend time in your business doing things like the accounts, which for me, outsourcing my accounts and all my bookkeeping was the best thing I ever did. Yeah, I knew it needed to be done but that's where I started p- to procrastinate um, and just, it took me five hours to do something. It took somebody one hour. Yeah. Um, so recognizing, because then we tell ourselves as founders, I can't afford to outsource. Okay. Especially in the early days. Um, but do you see that this is a false economy because the detrimental effects, not just on your productivity in the business, but on your energy. Yeah. So a day doing accounts, you're then, Oh, you've not got that creativity. You're not buzzing with new ideas. And, um, outsource that and then the day you have in your business is doing what you want to do in your business so I thank you for bringing energy up because it's super important that we recognize our energy and what energizes us within our business but also
0: what de-energizes us in our business absolutely and then just to you mentioned resilience and if you could touch a little bit more on resilience because I think you know when you are starting your own business there. You know, at any point, really, it can feel like you're going two steps forward and 10 steps back. What are the tools that you could say that can help people build resilience? First
1: of all, I think is recognizing what resilience is. Mm-hmm. So the best way to describe it really for me is not letting setbacks set you back. And the analogy I always use is surfing. So the waves are going to keep on coming, okay? There is a huge amount of things that are out of our control. So the waves are going to keep on coming. The only control that you have and what you can influence is making sure that you stay on your board. And so you don't let each of these waves derail you and set you back. So learning ways to stay on your board. And you do that by learning and adapting. And then ultimately, when you really master resilience, you start to enjoy surfing and enjoy the ride, and kind of say, "Oh, there's a wave coming. This is how I'm going to ride it." So, how do you do that in business? It's understanding how you can learn and adapt. So, for example, a wave could well have been COVID,
0: yeah,
1: um, or a wave, yeah, a wave tsunami, an absolute tsunami. (laughs) Um, and you will see that there is a real distinction between the business owners that stayed hold of their board and and learn how to ride that wave by learning, adapting, rather than being chucked off the board and then being angry at the wave and shouting at the wave and being resentful and ultimately just flapping around in the water, yeah, um, which is extremely tiring and demotivating and doesn't help you at all. So. With resilience, it's all about looking for how can you learn? What can you learn? How can you adapt? How can you move forward? Um, The difference between resilience and endurance is endurance is just head down, not going to give up, got to carry on. So on the surfing analogy, it is literally, I am not going to let go of this board. This board is not going to leave me. Even if it would actually serve me well to let go of the board, go and have some food on shore and then come back, with a fresh frame of mind and refueled. No, I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to let go. That's endurance. Now we all know endurance events hurt. <laughs> yeah. And at the end, you are absolutely wiped out, And you are wiped out and you are no good for anybody. Anybody that ran the London Marathon this year, you know, probably but the next day off work and like, you know, cancelled all social engagements because you're done. Yeah. It's an endurance event and you can't be doing that in business. So really looking at, how, wh- trying to think outside the box, how do other people navigate these things? How, imagine the surfing, how are they staying on that board? What are they doing? So last time I was stood up with knees, Ben, and I got knocked off. How about maybe if I sit on the board next time, would that help? So always being open to adjusting and being flexible with your approach and your business plans. That's what's going to help you ride out those waves, but also expecting there to be waves. Yeah. So it always surprises me how often I, I talk to people who started a business and they're absolutely dumbfounded that things haven't gone to plan.
0: <laughs> but but
1: I had a plan, but I had a plan. This wasn't in the plan. Like, <laughs> no, welcome.
0: To, rip up the plan.
1: <laughs> yeah, rip up and being and actually when lockdown first hit, I did a, a, a blog and an Instagram post on you all need to rip up your plan yeah. because if you hang on to that plan you are going to sabotage yourself because the world has changed. There's a huge new context now. There's a huge wave that's just come and you hanging on to the technique that you've done to surf the wave when it's been quite calm is not going to serve you well right now. So it's about not being afraid to rip up that plan. Plans are there to help us, okay? Not to keep us kind of stuck and, and rigid in the way that we approach things. So being flexible, being ready to learn, and kind of being ready for a wave to come <laughs>
0: um, will we'll really serve you well on building resilience. I think as well, a good a good thing is to review what's worked. So like you said, in terms of your surfing analogy, right, your knees, knees on, on the knees worked this way. And I was able yeah. to ride that way. And I think it's kind of saying, right, is that same way going to work? Do I need to tweak it? What do I need to do? And I think then once you review what's worked and really giving yourself that pat on the back that can then help your confidence, you know, look at what you've just, look at the wave you've just ridden, you know, oh my God, that's amazing. Look at the crap that you've just gone through yeah. and come out the other end, better, more successful or whatever it might be, happier, more energy, yes. you know, and just kind of looking at that and reviewing and kind of reviewing before you move on, I think as well, because then you get more confident, and you know, you can deal with those situations against, so and no matter what gets thrown at you, you can manage you can go through it you believe that you are capable and competent that's
1: that's the difference is mm-hmm. that you're not you you are not undermining yourself before you've even started and a great way to do that is to journal so whether you journal mm-hmm. quite formally and you have a journal and you sit down um kind of every evening before you go to bed and journal five ten minutes or if it's much more kind of organic and you've got notes on your phone but having a space in your in your day, if not your day, at least three to four times a week where you ask yourself, what have I achieved? What can I be proud of? Because it's really, really tempting. We we just expect ourselves to do those things. You know, we don't stop and give ourselves that pat on that back, that celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, and so absolutely. And that can be quite a wake up call and, and really reaffirming to say, no. I have, I am achieving, I am making progress. It may be slower than you'd like. It may be harder than you'd like, but I am making progress. And that's the most important thing to recognize that you are, you are making progress within your business.
0: So 2 we've covered a lot of ground there. Can you just sum up in terms of, if you want to feel more confident and um, be more resilient in your business, what would you say are the main things to focus on?
1: The first thing is recognising that confidence is a muscle, so you need to start using it. So what specific actions can you take that are going to take you out of your comfort zone? Because they are going to help build your confidence. Second one is keep it realistic and achievable. So baby steps. Try not to overwhelm yourself. Um, And in terms of resilience, I would absolutely say, acknowledge what's gone well what could you learn from situations um and and then always be flexing always be reshaping that plan and that approach because that's what's going to help you stay on that board
0: fantastic thank you very much and if people where can people find you Ru how can they work with you
1: so you can find me on on online so my website is themojo.coach um, I'm on all social media platforms although I do hang out a lot on Instagram so I'm Rue Davies underscore the mojo coach luckily there aren't many mojo coaches and Rue Davies so if you just tap me into Google you'll find me um, and I work with people one-to-one so if you are looking to work with a coach that really does get invested in you and joins your team helps you keep accountable you helps you find clarity then I work with clients on a one-to-one basis
0: so we'll put those details in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, I'd love for you to give a review and subscribe to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast. Thank you again for joining me, Rue, and I will chat to you soon.